0: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. and We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harrison. Julie, welcome to today's show.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, as always.
0: You know, I have to admit that when you're not on the show, some of our listeners are like, where's Julie?
1: And, oh, and guys,
0: listen. No, I actually am not saying <laughs> that. Nice and But Well, you know what, though? They're not being very sensitive to my feelings. They're kind of offending me, aren't they?
1: To your feeling?
0: <laughs> to my feelings. <laughs> that's right. My, my total of one <laughs> feeling. So, guys, welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and we are talking today about an interesting topic, and I've been gathering the notes for today's show for probably um, about six months, and the topic is, like, what are the black swans? What are your worst-case, doomsday scenario things that might happen in 2015? It's all too easy for us, and I certainly love doing it, talking about all the reasons to be optimistic, right? I mean, there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but there are these black swans. And I want to first of all start out by telling you guys where the whole black swan thing came from so you can understand it because it is kind of interesting in a boring analytical kind of way. So a black swan is a rare thing, right? You guys have seen white swans before, but how many of you actually seen a black swan? Well, that's it. So a black swan is something that might happen once every 10 years. You might see one, one every 10 years. But there are black swan events that happen in the economy that certainly happened in housing, but it put our entire industry back on its heels. In the 20 years that Julie and I have been in the real estate um, industry, 20 plus now, I can think of, I don't know, a half dozen black swan events that have happened. I mean, I'll tell you just off the top of my head, you had obviously, uh, you know, back when Julie and I first got our real estate licenses, the economy was really bad. You know, we were in a recession, lasted two or three years. And then you move the conversation forward, the interest rates were, you know, a few guys would say they were really high, but they were, they're like seven, seven and eight percent. And now those of you who have only known interest rates in your, you know, real estate careers at, at this really artificially low rates where they're all now, I mean, imagine selling where rates were, were basically twice as expensive or twice as high. Well, we did it. And so will you if rates indeed go up next year, which is one of the black swan things that might happen. And 2015, but then you had the first Gulf War, the second Gulf War. Of course, you had the horribleness of September 11th, and then you had, you know, all kinds of other things. Oh, hey, how about this one? The housing bust. You know, the depression. People are calling it recession, but it really was a depression. Um, So the list of black swan events in our lifetimes. What scientists have discovered is before they're happening once every 20 years, there'd be something really like a world war or something like that. But now they're happening with kind of almost predictable, but still nonetheless shockingly, uh, they're very frequent. So before maybe in your parents' lifetimes, it may have been one every 20 years, let's say. But now it's like every, then it was every like 10 years. And now it's almost like every five to seven years. The um, What was it? The guy who's the CEO of one of the major banks, I'm trying to remember, the guy that was like, the knight on uh, the, who rode the you know shining horse back during the depression. I don't remember his name. Anyway, he's the one that said you know no one should be surprised when there's these black swan type events. He said what you should be surprised is if they're not happening more frequently. And this was like one of the guys running the biggest banks uh, in the country, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Okay, that guy. So he's the one that said that. So the question I have for all of you is. Um, are you prepared for black swans? Are you prepared for the now becomingly, uh, becoming predictable um, setbacks in the housing market? So on today's call, Julie and I are going to give you the top, I think, probably seven possible black swan events for 2015. So please be ready to take notes. So Julie, before I get to that, mm-hmm. um, we've had an interesting week with coaching. I've had a thoroughly enjoyable week with a lot of my clients, not all of them, but most of them. I know you have, too. <laughs>
1: More than others. So I'm
0: not gonna lie and say every coaching call is a walk in the park. It's not. Um, yeah. you know. So what did you uh, tell us tell the listeners some of your experiences this week. What are you hearing Well, I when mean doing? I
1: yeah, I gotta say, you know, I, I have been starting each call by asking my coaching clients what they expect from December because everybody's a little bit different on that. We've talked about you know, a lot of our clients have met or exceeded their goals by Thanksgiving, which is one of our secret plans for them so they can have a little bit of breath during December. But, you know, some of them say business as usual, full speed ahead, or what have you. So the ones that are really at least paying attention to their leads, their lead follow-up, and bubbling up of some level of lead generation and lead follow-up, they're all popping these great deals like two-week cash closings. And, you know, there is stuff going on in the marketplace. You just have to keep your eyes open to it. So I'm excited for them. Then on the other hand, I have talked to several potential new coaching clients this week that all have really fascinating backgrounds. I was talking to a uh, Green Beret uh, gentleman that uh, was in Vietnam earlier today. I was talking to a great new coaching client that uh, is an attorney who got into real estate and actually is still doing plenty of short sales, and we're going to take her business from three hundred and fifty to 500000 next year. So really exciting week. You know, there's a lot going on out there.
0: Well, you know what, Julie. Um, one of our coaches, actually, we're going to give you guys a little surprise mm-hmm. here. One of our coaches, which many of you guys know, uh, who's you know she's worked with Julie and I in one capacity or another for twenty years. Uh, Rochelle Lorimer, who has another last name which I've never learned to pronounce. So, Rochelle, welcome to the call. Or spell.
2: Hi. Thank you. Abrazizi. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Abrazizi? That's why is Abrazizi not like so. Easy. <laughs> okay. Why is Abrazizi not so easy to spell?
2: It's Italian.
0: Oh, okay. There you <laughs> we'll go. You could have just said because I don't know how to spell. But so oh, oh, well, Rochelle, yeah. That too. There, there's that. So I had Rochelle um, on, or I'm having Rochelle on today's radio show, because she sent me a picture of something that she's having her coaching clients do, and I thought it was just too clever, and what I really liked about it was it was inexpensive. So this was like, and you weren't necessarily using it for Centers of Influence of in Past Clients. But I thought that would be the perfect idea for those of you who have yet to do something for your centers of influence and past clients. So, uh, Rochelle, please.
2: Yes, um, I have been talking to several uh, students this week, and I've heard some excuses, and they don't know what to do, and the holidays are coming, and they don't want to bug people. So, I started thinking of something that would be really good for them to take to these people's houses and door knock and whether it's past clients or new clients or even open houses, something that would be warm and inviting. So I have been having them go and get 100 tubes of uh, wrapping paper, Christmas wrapping paper, and taping their business card to the outside of the cellophane and then taking a rubber band and wrapping candy canes around the tube of wrapping paper and going door to door or to past clients and delivering the wrapping paper. And it's been getting fantastic feedback people are opening the door they're shocked they're surprised they they love it so all the feedback that i've been getting from the students this week has been that they are going to buy another hundred tubes and do it again
0: because it's going well, so and, well and so keeping it practical though you can buy wrapping paper for cheap you can go to, like i mean there's so oh, many people yeah. dollar stores and i mean you can buy wrapping Costco. paper anywhere where right, are you, you going tell- Costco? Oh, is that where you're telling them to get it? So like a tube it's of wrapping either, either paper, or. do you know it, what? What does a tube of wrapping paper cost, just to put this into perspective?
2: Uh, I mean, if you don't get it at a, chi, you know, like the dollar store or in bulk, two fifty dollars uh, or a tube.
0: Okay, $2. so this and is 50 like, cents. this is a killer idea for centers of influence and yep. past clients. And so if you guys have not gotten on... Uh, Spoiling your centers of influence and past clients, or even your immediate neighbors. How about the person at Starbucks that always gives you a smile? Any place and everyone that you come in contact with, have your car full of these uh, tubes of wrapping paper. I thought it was a really clever idea because no one ever gives wrapping paper, so there's some irony in that. And everybody needs it, and it's not something like even if you're not Christian, you're still celebrating the holidays in some format, and so wrapping paper is still something everyone's going to need. So. Rochelle, fantastic idea. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, you appreciate being appreciated.
2: I do. You know that.
0: Right. <laughs> this call is becoming too amiable. You're off. <laughs> I can't
2: handle
0: it. Right. My feeling was messed up. My feeling was messed up. All right, so Julie, you know what? We're not going to take yeah. a commercial break today. Let's cool. jump in and let's start talking to them about – you have my notes, yes? Mm-hmm. I do. Okay, so That's let's great. start talking about, and guys, a lot of these notes I got from the interviews we did, like the first two points I got from the chief economist from, um, what was it, realtor.com, Jonathan Smoke, and some of the other points I got from some of the other interviews we did, and I think these are all your, like, black swan, might happen, might not, but be ready, uh, worst case scenario type scenarios. So here we go. The first point I wrote down was HAMP loan mod reset. Now, what does that mean? That means very specifically that there are a lot of these loan mods that are coming due now and into 2015. You might have a loan mod yourself. You might want to check on this. Now, what a lot of people don't know are the loan mods, the payments were only lowered temporarily. So when the loan mod expires, what's going to happen is their payments going to go up to the previous amount. Can they afford it? Probably not. Now, here's the other thing. A lot of times, sellers don't know this, even people that signed all those loan, mods, uh, loan mod docs, that there were some caveats to these loan mods, one of which was yeah, once your loan mod expires and you're basically going back to, you're no longer on a modded payment, you're going to go back to the pre-modded payment, all the interest that you didn't pay on that that you would have otherwise paid. So let's say normally your payment was $3,000 a month. And let's say you did a loan mod that lasted for four years or five years. Right? And then your loan mod was low your payment was dropped to fifteen hundred dollars a month. So that's fifteen hundred dollars a month that you didn't pay for the past five years. That's eighteen thousand dollars a year times five. That was tacked on to the mortgage balance in some cases. So the moral of the story is the market hasn't recovered enough in many markets for these people not to still be underwater. And now you tack on the unpaid interest from the loan mod, and you know, you're in a situation where you're gonna have a lot of very, very motivated sellers. And for that reason, you're going to see an uptick in very motivated seller listings starting now. So be mindful of that. Yes, the market's recovering. Yes, things are looking better. But the reality of it is, is that you are going to have to uh, be very sensitive to the fact that if people have done loan mods, chances are those loan mods are like old milk. They have spoiled. So the second point I wrote down, Julia, are you back? I am. Okay, so the second point I wrote down is that there is a fear, um, and we asked many of our guests about this, that all these investors that have been purchasing property, I'm thinking of you, Arizona, I'm thinking of you, Florida, I'm thinking of you, Atlanta, I'm thinking of you, California, right? All these investors that have been purchasing properties, Las Vegas, are you paying attention? That they are going to start selling off these properties. Now, will there be a you know, little will BlackRock, will they all of a sudden just start dumping properties? No, but I'll tell you what I do think is going to happen. There's a lot of, let's call them second and third tier investors, these Wall Street hedge fund types that purchase these properties with the idea that they were going to be able to rent them out and get their investors a certain cash on cash return. So the investors put in their money, you know, you invested in this particular company that was going to go out and buy distressed property under the premise that they were going to lease them out and that you are going to get a certain return on your investment. Right, I mean, that is the reason someone invests money. They expect a return on their investment. Now, what's happened is what? These properties are not renting for what they originally thought. There's you know, a whole bunch of reasons why. Their costs are higher than they thought. So these investors are not going to get the return on investment that they thought they were going to. And as a result of that, there's every reason to believe that the investors that funded the hedge funds that go out and buy the rental properties are going to start wanting their money back. In some cases, it'll be a teacher's unit. It'll it'll be a, you know, it could be all kinds of different, you know, institutional type investors, but it also could be people like you and me realizing that maybe this wasn't the investment we thought it was. We're going to sell our shares in that particular entity. And then what's going to happen is in order to pay uh, off the investors that want their money back, these guys are going to have to start selling properties. I do believe uh, that that will start happening uh, probably in spring or summer of next year, the, as it becomes clear that the market is not going to continue to appreciate at the rate that it has over the past 24 months, because it's not. It's going to level off. That's not a black swan event, because I think everyone at this point is expecting that to happen. The next point we wrote down, and Julie, you want to talk about that one? Yes. Are you talking
1: about rates increasing and uncertainty about interest rates? Yes, ma'am. For your next point. Okay. Yes. Well, so, you know, rates as, all, as most of the year has been lower. The normal interest rate. So your payment is this. We know what it's going to be. If you knew in 30, 60, 90 days or in June when you're planning on making your move, then it's more than likely that that rate is going to be higher. What would that do to your plans? Okay. So obviously the higher price range buyer you have going up, and it's not just affecting their buy side, it's also affecting how quickly they're able to sell the home they're coming from. Okay, so a lot of that decision is made on knowing what those payments are. So the higher the price goes, then the more they're affected by those interest rates. Now, a lot of you guys are used to saying things like this, but I found that it's much more salient when you give them examples. So right now, you're looking in the 550 to 600 range. Your payment is based on this lower interest rate doing this type of loan. Now, let's see what happens if it goes up by even a point. What if it goes up by a point and a half? What does that do to your plans? doesn't just affect you on where you're moving to, it also affects our ability to get you know, in front of as many buyers as possible. So the higher the interest rates go, naturally, the fewer people are going to be qualified to be purchasing at your level. So what does that do to your plans? And then just can continue that conversation from there. It's one of the ways you can keep your clients motivated to work now instead of what a lot of people are telling you, I'm gonna wait till next year.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. So, it's, not the interest r- it's not the interest rates themselves that caused the consternation the uh, in the market. Right? It's the uncertainty that does it right. So if people are anticipating rates are going to go up, that causes uncertainty. Rates go down, that causes uncertainty. Rates, Any uncertainty about rates whatsoever, mortgage interest rates, will cause a lot of folks to basically stall their plans. I'm not going to buy now. I'm not going to lock in a rate. Mortgages might go higher or... A seller, I got to, you know, maybe the, I put my house for sale. It sells really quick, and or interest rates go up, and I can't afford even the house I have because now I have to get a different mortgage. You guys see how that works? So another black swan event is if there's a lot of uh, conversations about mortgage interest rates, and the Fed has already come out and said the interest rates are going to be rising next year. The economists and the other folks that we had on, the industry leaders that we've had on the radio show in the past year, they have come on and said we expect interest rates to go up Fairly significantly by mid-year, June or July. So the consensus is that interest rates are going up. You know, will they be on target? Will they go higher or lower? You see, this level of uncertainty is where we run into problems. All right, next point that I wrote down, and this one's kind of our little uh, soapbox point. <laughs> I have to say, um, you know, this is one of those things that Julie and I are saying publicly, but nobody else is. But everyone's talking about. So when we talk to all these people that we interview and we talk to some of these other industry leaders that we network with on a regular basis, and I talk to them about this, they're all more or less saying the same thing as I am, but none of them want to say it publicly. But I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. And you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. So you guys know that uh, News Corp has purchased Move.com. You guys know that Move.com, and in essence owns, but you know technically manages Realtor.com, for the National Association of Realtors. If you guys have been listening to the radio show for any length of time, you know this so far. What a lot of you don't realize is move.com also owns a company, and we've had um, wonderful uh, Celeste Fairchild that runs this company, um, uh, ListHub, right? So ListHub, this is interesting, ListHub is the company that when you load your listings onto uh, realtor.com, I'm sorry, you load your listings on the MLS, any MLS in the country, But then what happens is those listings actually go to a company called ListHub, and then ListHub sells that information. So ListHub is this company that basically has been set up for a long time that's owned by Move.com, and ListHub was the company that was, I think, doing honestly a great job deciding who got the listings data and who didn't. They had a very specific vetting process as far as who they were going to share the information with, who who they were going to sell it to, who they weren't. And I think for the most part they do a good job. Their two biggest customers, of course, Zillow and Trulia. Now, here's where the irony comes in. So Realtor.com used to be the most dominant portal, and then Zillow and Trulia came in, and they absolutely positively built a better mousetrap, especially Zillow. Fantastic uh, consumer-facing website. There are no two ways about that. Spencer and his crew did a phenomenal job. But what they had to do is, in order to put listings onto Zillow, Right? They had to get that, most of that information, most of their listing information still to this day comes through ListHub. And obviously, they've been, doing a, uh, they've been focusing on trying to form direct relationships with brokerages and MLSs and that. But from what I understand, for the most part, a vast majority of their data still comes from ListHub. Rupert Murdoch, you guys following me so far? Right? News Corp, Fox News. I mean, he owns like, what, New York Times? I mean, pretty much the biggest media conglomerate that the world has ever seen outside of maybe Caesar. I mean, I don't know. This guy's huge, right? So Rupert Murdoch now, in essence, owns Move.com, which in essence owns ListHub, which controls Realtor.com. Everyone with me now? So do you think there's any chance whatsoever – here's your Black Swan event. Is everyone listening? Do you think there's any chance whatsoever – that Rupert Murdoch is not going to tell his now owned subsidiary, List Hub, to stop giving information about listings for sale to realtor.com's two greatest competitors, Trulia and Zillow, and maybe some of the others. Do you think there's any chance whatsoever that they're not going to cut that spigot off? And in essence, what are they going to do is they're going to seriously put those companies back on their heels. Do you guys see any? Can you can you possibly tell me and any listeners? Um, Anybody who is knowledgeable about this topic and you want to be featured on our radio show, email me directly, CoachTimHarris at gmail.com, and I'll connect you with our producer, and we can talk about this. But I don't see any possible scenario other than the fact that Rupert Murdoch is going to tell uh, ListHub to stop giving that information to certain entities, and obviously then he's going to put Realtor.com back on the top of search. Now, here's the interesting thing. Do you need to have the slickest, most beautiful, elegant website, a la Zillow, to get consumer traffic? Or do you need to have an okay website in comparison to Zillow, but have uh, <coughs> excuse me, updated housing information? You guys know as well as I do, consumers will go to where the updated housing information is, even if the interface isn't as elegant. So what gonna, we're going to see happen, and this is another black swan, but I think it's a reality. We're going to see that Zillow and Trulia aren't going to be necessarily as viable uh, going forward. And I welcome the opportunity to be wrong about this. And like I said, I I, I encourage the debate. Uh, And then that's going to put realtor.com back in a driver's uh, seat. And those of you, here's the black swan angle on this. Those of you who have not yet learned how to be listing agents and you're still stuck in the paradigm of having to buy buyer leads, If you're still stuck into the reality that you are buying leads from Zillow, Trillia, and these other companies, and you're not going out and getting it yourself, you're going to be effectively out of business because you're going to only have one place to buy your leads, and you know you're going to be paying more for them. Take the stuff seriously. Julie, what's the next point?
1: Well, and it's already happening. I'm already hearing people say that the quality of the leads they're getting is going down. They're realizing the pressure to become a great listing agent is higher than it's ever been. So things to think about for next year, guys. All right. So the next other uh, disruptive business models, auctions.com starting to offer consumer facing auction services. We also have companies that offer owners a 30 day quick deal, a buyout for in exchange for 10% off market value. That is going to appeal to some sellers, the ones that want to get it over quickly, which incidentally are also always your best listing leads, the most motivated. So what's that going to do your business for next year?
0: Well, go back and listen to the interview we did with Rick Sharga, who works at auctions.com. And I asked him. He wasn't expecting it. It wasn't one of our pre-agreed, planned – you guys know when I interview these people, they always have their PR people review the questions beforehand, right? And you guys, if you've been listening to this radio show for any length of time, <laughs> I shouldn't say you this. Know but the way you know you
1: always stick to that.
0: I don't stick yeah. to those questions, because if there's a question that maybe didn't get approved by the PR person, but I know it's going to benefit you guys, I'm going to ask it, and that's what I did. And you know what? Rick Sharga was awesome, because you know Rick Sharga is, uh, works for Auctions.com, uh, and Auctions.com is owned by, and I knew all this, uh, it was founded by two Australian guys who have a real estate background. I also know in Australia they don't have sales they don't do transactions like we do there's not a 6% or whatever percent commission there is no buyer agency in australia guys that's the point so when you have a property you want to put it for sale in australia every single real estate brokerage operates off the auction model so you are as a seller are looking for essentially a real estate brokerage to auction your house that's the way it works and if there's a buyer's agent that's involved if the buyer who's you know bidding at auction wants to have uh, somebody represent them you know, other than an attorney, then they have to tack that onto their price, like Auctions.com does it right now, um, and then you know, in essence, you're visually, visibly paying your own buyer agent fee. If a buyer was literally feeling your fee come out of their pocket, buyers agents, how hard would it be to convince them to pay it, right? So if you had to from now forward tell all your buyers. That okay, you can work with me. These are all the benefits. I'm really great at my job. Good negotiator. I'm real hound dog at finding great listings. All that. By the way, you're going to have to pay me three percent of your sale price or two and a half percent of whatever you purchase. How many of those buyers would then start questioning the va- your value proposition? Interesting, isn't it? That's again the reason that you have to learn to be a listing agent. So auctions.com, and Rick said this in essence. They're going to. They are in the midst of forming. Um, a business plan, and they're going to roll it out, I got the impression, this year or first quarter of next year, where they're going to start approaching the top brokerages in the country and giving them a turnkey auctions model. And then I asked them, well, will you guys be, you listen to the interview, will you guys be then going directly to consumers and say, hey, don't list your house with ABC Realty. List your house on auctions.com with one of our auctions.com representatives. And he he basically didn't shoot it down. Matter of fact, the indication I got was that is exactly what they're going to do. Would that be a black swan event? Hell yeah. Well, I'll tell you another one. And Rick and I talked about this as well. Um, there are going to be companies, and there already is one, that will start advertising in the major metro areas in California first. That they're going Now, this is not an investor uh, pitch. This is somebody who's basically, they're going to be running commercials to homeowners and say, listen, you know, let's skip the normal real estate sales process, the showings, dealing with realtors, dealing with all this. We will buy your house at market value minus, say, 10%. Now, I don't know what the minus percent part is, but let's just assume that's their pitch. If these guys came to your market and started advertising that, how difficult would it be for you to compete that with that? A seller's going to say, I can list with you. I'm going to have to pay your commissions, and I'm going to have to negotiate a little bit. I'm going to have the hassle of showings. So if I list it, if I sell it to this other company, maybe I sell it for a percent or two less. How many sellers out there would embrace that in your market. I know when I sold real estate, if I had to compete against that, that would have been tough to compete against, wouldn't it? So mm-hmm. that is another black swan, and that's coming our way uh, now. Okay? So expect those guys to be entering in your marketplace hypothetically next year. Now, the next and last thing I wrote down, and these are the things that really you know, are outside of our wheelhouse necessarily, but they have shown themselves to be very disruptive in the past. Wars, terrorist events, Um, You know, we're running into an election year, 2015 to 2016. You guys will remember the last election cycle and one before all of them, really. People, especially presidential elections, have a tendency to basically sit on their hands until they know who's in the White House, like that has any difference on what house you buy. I mean, so those are the other things. We're going to start seeing the primaries. We're going to start hearing people talk politics again. And our country, obviously, is in a state where it's very, you know, us against them mindset. You know, all these types of things Can obviously create headwinds for the real estate market so julie they've listened to these black swan events they've listened to these worst Mm -hmm. case scenarios uh that might potentially happen what do they do with this information
1: well you decide what you're going to do about it and you write down the action steps and first thing should be asking yourself if you could only depend on yourself to generate your next listing and your next buyer do you know how to do that if you don't it's okay if you don't the first step is admitting it right So the next thing is, how are you going to find out? What do you need to do? Maybe free coaching calls for agents.com is your next move. But don't just do nothing and wait for all those paid buyer leads to be more expensive for you. I'm seeing the cost is going up and the quality is going down. Is that what you want to continue to see how that's going to go? Or would you like to get in front of this problem? So can you actually generate personally? Maybe this is a good rest of December challenge for all of you. And if you're somebody that knows you can do it, but you only do it when you're desperate, maybe you embrace the fact that you know how to do it and do more of it. So if your life depended on your next buyer and listing coming from your own efforts, what would you do? And why aren't you doing it today if you haven't done that? Secondly is if you need help, ask for help, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And this is closely followed by, let's say you generated that next listing lead. Are you 100% certain that you will be the listing agent if you had to compete to get that listing. And if there's any shadow of a doubt in your mind, you need to get in front of that to make sure that next year is your best year ever and not just throw caution to the wind and see how the market goes.
0: But isn't that the bottom line, Julie? I mean, the one way you guys can always head off all these doomsday scenario, black swan events, the one way you guys can get away from the feast or famine, you know, basically that you guys think is normal in real estate, the one way you can build financial security, the one way... You guys can actually make this the business that you always hoped it would be. There is only one way, and that's learning how to be a listing agent. You, that's it, okay? And it's not fancy. It. It's not shiny. It's not new. But it's the truth. So if you're not willing to actually say, I am Tim Harris. I am a listing agent. I will have 30 listings at all times, whatever your number is. You have to, you have to actually own that. You have to decide that's who you are, and that's what you're going to do. This, oh, I'm going to try Facebook advertising. Oh, I'm going to work with some buyer leads I bought here. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do some referral stuff. I'm going to drop off pumpkin pies and all this rest of it. No. The mindset is, I'm the listing agent. Now, what actions do I need to take right now to accomplish the goal of building my inventory? Guys, that's what we're all about. You know, a lot of you guys listening, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You came to us as, uh, you know, for coaching because – You are tired of all the noise out there, and you're ready to really drill down and take this industry and this business and this opportunity seriously. If there's anything we can do for you, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Please, 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 as always, thank you for making us the number one industry broadcast, but please share this with as many other people as you can. Help us get the word out. Help us, you know, improve the quality of the people you guys have to work with on a daily basis. That's a good idea, right? Learn how to be listing agents. Learn how to take this opportunity that is your real estate career and make this, you know, honestly, guys, there's nothing you can't experience, nothing you can't, no place you can't travel, no, you know, person you can't help, nothing, all those types of things from mastering the skills necessary to become listing agents. Do what makes sense. Request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. In the meantime... Have a brilliant weekend, and we'll talk with all of you on Monday. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for listening in. Share the show with everyone. Thanks. Have a good weekend. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows, and until next time,